Each show on a Tuesday and Thursday, we bring you a special guest each week. And our special guest this week is someone who has been announced in the last day or so as being the new ambassador for the Erskine Veterans Charity. He is Scott Mina, a Paralympian, but before that, a veteran who served in Afghanistan. And he was part of the Elite 2nd Battalion Parachute Regiment, renowned as one of the toughest military training programmes in the world. And while he was serving in Helmand province, um, he had an accident stepping on an IED and lost both his legs. But since then, he's been driven on to achieve some great heights in sport. And he joins us now. Welcome to Erskine Veterans Radio, Scott Mina. Thank you very much. Scott, let's first start by looking at your military career then, because it was a very rich career. As I touched on, you were part of the 2nd Battalion Parachute Regiment, which is one of the real elite forces in in the British Army and, and very tough to get into. Yes, um, you know, extremely proud to, to have served with two para, um, you know, to, to go through the, the rigorous selection and um, yeah, be part of what I consider, you know, my, kind of my real life band of brothers. Um, yeah, love being part of that unit. It is really a, a, a massive part of being in the military, isn't it? That that whole being part of that gang and, and the banter and everything that goes with it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, you, you join up and you, you do, you go through some, some things together, both in the basic training environment and also when you go on operations that, you know, that adversity and those tough times, um, they, they create really, really strong bonds, um, you know, and you, you create friendships and, and and almost like a brotherhood, you know, with, with people that, um, you know, s- s- become so strong and, and very much lifelong. You, know, you go through such, you know, even for short periods of your life with these people, but for the rest of your life, you'll always be able to, to touch back in and know that they're there. And yeah, it's, it's really great to, to have and yeah, I was really proud to be part of something that was bigger than I was as well. Unfortunately, you were severely injured whilst um, on operations, weren't you? I mean, this is the the start of your journey, really, into being a, a Paralympian and, and and representing your country. But unfortunately, it came at a huge cost. Yeah, unfortunately, um, on the twenty fifth of January, two thousand and eleven, uh, whilst on patrol with, with two para, um, I stepped on a, an improvised explosive device. Basically, a homemade kind of mine that was planted in the ground. Uh, as a result of that blast, I lost both my legs, um, and kind of embarked on quite a long, and quite arduous recovery journey. Uh, spent the best part of four months in hospital uh, before going to the the, the defence medical rehabilitation centre at Headley Court, where I was uh, taught to walk again. Uh, that's where I, I kind of my rehab journey uh, began. You know, I was trying to regain my independence and my mobility and um, after that that's when I really started to focus on um, my sports career and trying to to become an athlete and redefine myself in a sporting sense. And redefine yourself you did and, and took up a not just a sport but a whole new sport as well. Why was sport so important to you? The thing that is really special about sport is it it gives you an opportunity to focus on something that you can do you know, rather than focusing on my, my disability or my injury and all the worrying about all the things I could no longer do, um, sport gave me the chance to really go out and push myself and, you know, get fitter, stronger. Um, and, and we all know from kind of our time in the military that, you know, the, the sense of confidence and pride that comes with like physical fitness and, you know, being part of a team and having a goal. And 
ultimately a reason to get out of bed in the morning. That's what sport really gave me. Uh, my first endeavour into a new sport was in the sport of rowing. And I basically picked that sport because it was so physically hard and it was such a challenge. But that's what I absolutely loved about it. And you trained with the GB Paralympic rowing team as well and, and narrowly missed out on, on selection for the Rio Games. But you see, whilst you started in summer sports, you've ultimately found your place in winter sports. I have, yeah. Uh, my, 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 my rowing journey was a, was a great one. I had a really, some really special memories and I was extremely proud to be part of the, the Great Britain rowing setup and be part of such a great team on the way to, to a Paralympic Games. But my... Yeah, my call and really, um, I really found it in winter sport, uh, cross country skiing. I think I just love the the variety, um, how physically kind of strong and, and fit you have to be, but also you have to be really good at like technically um, at skiing, and you know, the sport takes you all around the world. Uh, the competition's really fierce, uh, but yeah, I just absolutely loved what cross country gave to me. And it was a tough decision to leave rowing, but I think that rowing was a sport that gave me my, helped me redefine myself as an athlete. But I found my true passion in cross country skiing. I actually still, in the summer times, I still run quite a lot on the track. Yeah. Uh, I actually competed in an 800 meter race just at the weekend there, uh, which was a lot of fun uh, up at Petrivi Athletic Centre. So athletics still features as quite a big part of my summer routine when I'm training for my winter sport because, uh, you know, we only need to look outside the window to realise that as a winter athlete in the UK, it's, it's, it's quite challenging because we, we have a, a severe lack of snow. <laughs> so I just have to keep myself as fit and as strong as I can be uh, so that when we do go on to snow later in the year, I'm, I'm ready for it. So it's a big week for you this week because we've been keeping this secret for a while, but we can now reveal that you are officially an Erskine ambassador, uh, which is fantastic to have you as, as part of the charity. Talk to us about your relationship with the Erskine Veterans Charity, because this is something that's been ongoing for a little while, and you have been a, a visitor over the last number of years as, as well. Why is Erskine special to you? Yeah, so from a very early stage, I... Uh, when, in the, the early days of my recovery journey, I was introduced to, to Erskine, where I came up to do part of a, a, a an individual recovery plan course, which was essentially a, a week-long course that helped me reevaluate all the skills that I had as a kind of as a person and and try to help me um, focus on what I was going to do when I when I left military service. And it was whilst I was there that I, I realised that. that the depth of care and the longevity of, of what Erskine have done, you know, from you know from from, from the, the, the hospital with the, the you know the, the, the care side of things, um, to the kind of independent living, um, all the way to the the kind of businesses that were on site. Uh, I, I used to I actually used to get all my furniture from Erskine Pine, which I loved because it was you know a factory that really gave um, veterans a purpose. Mm. Um, but I think when I started to, to understand the, the history behind it and how relevant it was to myself, you know, in terms of how the Erskine um, really kind of revolutionised how we look at the rehabilitation of especially limbless veterans um, with, with the creation of the, the Erskine prosthetic leg and um, also just just loved the, 
the idea of the, the purpose that, that Erskine gave a lot of veterans um, after they'd been wounded in service. And I think nowadays, like this, the, the knowledge of the care and support that is there for veterans' life, lifelong, you know, um, is, is really reassuring. Um, and also, I think I'm just very, very proud to, to have Erskine pretty much on my doorstep uh, because I personally believe that they set such a, a great standard to the rest of the country and the rest of the world on how you should treat veterans. Um, so yeah, it's something I'm very, very passionate about. And I've, I love visiting the hospital. Uh, and, and when I have, um, I've had all the the the, the residents um, giving me a lot of uh, good luck messages at the Invictus Games and the Paralympic Games. Um, and they've supported me quite closely through a lot of my, my sporting career. Uh, I've also had the privilege of going along to the Erskine the Senior Games um, at Caledonian University in Glasgow, which was a lot of fun. Uh, and But the thing is, is no matter how, how good I get at sport, every time I go along to Erskine, uh, the, the residents always find a way to, to absolutely school me, at, you know, whether it be at the javelin <laughs> or the lawn bowls or... You know, there's there's always a sport in there that I'm hopeless at that the residents just absolutely wipe the floor with me at. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that it does get pretty competitive there when the oh, when when the when the balls or the archery or whatever comes out. Absolutely. There's one thing that never goes away and it's that competitive spirit. It's it's fantastic. <laughs> Did you have a, a knowledge of, of Erskine before you became injured? I mean, being being in the in the forces and, and particularly obviously hailing from Scotland, was it something that you were already aware of or, or was it more brought to your attention after everything that happened? Yeah, I, th- I was very aware of it. Um, I think growing up and, and especially um, seeing a lot of, mainly through actually um, a lot of campaigns that Rangers Football Club do, um, mm-hmm. support of Erskine, that's probably where my first awareness of, of them came from. And I, I think my main... Um, view a long time ago was Erskine's where you know they looked after a lot of veterans later on in life um, but it wasn't until I went through my own personal recovery journey and got to meet a lot of the other veterans and then and ultimately got to go into Erskine and meet a lot of the staff that I, I got a better idea of their history but also the, the incredible work they do now for veterans no matter what age they are um, enabling them to you know, find purpose in their lives and also giving them um, kind of security and a bit of a, a bit of structure um, in, in life post-service. What a lot of people don't realise is it's not necessarily people living here, but also supporting all manner of ex-service men and women who uh, want to get involved with some activities and feel that camaraderie that we've talked about in the past with with uh, ex-service people, that that's one of the things that they miss when they when they leave the armed forces. And, and it gives them that social interaction, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. You know, you, you can never... Under- I think probably the last years taught us, you know, how much we crave that, that that kind of social element of even just turning up and seeing people for a brew, having a chat. You know, you miss, especially when you leave service and you, you've you been part of such a bigger group, it's quite easy to feel a little bit isolated and a bit lonely back in your community. Um, so, so having that opportunity just to get together, to have a cup of tea, to do you know, some, some activities um, with like-minded folk 
um, is is great. And I actually take a lot of comfort, even just in the knowledge that it's there. You know, I might not need that support every day, but I think as a veteran, just knowing that if somewhere along the line you need that, you need someone to lean on, you need that extra little bit of support, the knowledge that it's there is is so um, comforting. Going through the kind of experience that you have when you're out in Afghanistan and you had your accident, life-changing accident, and you must have been to some very dark places, but then you've come out of it and got this this new direction that, as a consequence of your injuries, now you're representing your country in, in a sport that you love doing, and you've you've managed to repurpose your life and, and rebuild things. Having gone through the experience that I have, um, it's probably something that not that many of us can say, but you know, there was one point in my life where I genuinely felt like I'd breathed my last breath. Um, I was... You know, I, th- I thought that day my life was over. So I think to come to come back from it and to have regained a sense of kind of purpose and, and independence and mobility, um, I, I really have a really a, a great appetite for life, and I want to make the very most of this opportunity that I have. Uh, and I feel very lucky to have found sport because it gives me enormous purpose. Uh, it, it encourages me to become a better version of myself every day. It makes me challenge myself to work hard, um, but I think is I think at the bottom of it all is is probably something that all of us need, you know, especially those that have served, and it's a reason to get out of bed every day. We need a purpose. We need something to get up out of our beds and to get to get after, uh, and that's something that sport gives me in uh, in abundance, and and along with that, you know, I get the great opportunity to to compete. And represent my country again, which I'm incredibly proud to do. So, um, I get to travel, I see a lot of the world, and I do it with quite a close knit team. So, in many senses, a lot of the aspects that I experience in sport um, have a, there's a lot of synergy there with military life. And what would be for you the the real high points of of the last few years as as a as a Paralympian, as a sportsman? What 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 are the uh, the big moments that you remember fondly? I think the, the, some of the moments that I um, most treasure are um, my, my experiences at the, the first ever Invictus Games, um, which was just it was just so special to be part of such a historical moment and to see the power of sport as medicine. You know, just you know, sport at the Invictus Games is not just about winning gold medals. It's you know, some of the people that I've seen there. You know, getting out out their beds and getting on the start line was was life changing. You know, you've seen people truly turning their life around. Which I think moments like that to be part of them and to to, to be there in real life were, were really special. Um, and also, I think being um, going to my first ever Paralympic Games in Korea in twenty eighteen that's that's a real highlight. Um, I think. Personally, because I finally achieved my personal goal of going to the Paralympics, um, but also being the first um, Nordic skier in my in, in my connects in my class to go to the games, um, I think I'm incredibly proud of that uh, because it was a real, you know, I think I blazed a real trail for others to follow, mm-hmm. uh, and as a result of that. Um, that performance at the games in 2018 
you know, we've got a lot more support from a programme and more athletes have got the opportunity to, to follow that path and to take part in, in the Paralympics in my sport. Uh, so yeah, those, those moments really stand out. I just got a picture of you here doing some Nordic skiing. It certainly looks more fun downhill than uphill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we always say you've got to, you've got to earn the right to, to go downhill. So you've got to work hard. <laughs> the, the good thing about cross-country skiing is you, you get all the fun of skiing, but you, you earn your dinner at the same time. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. He's certainly burning the calories, that's for sure. Um, and what are the things you're looking forward to over the coming months then, and, or indeed probably the next year or so with, with things uh, in the world? I guess some stuff's slowed down. Thankfully, things starting to reopen up now, and hopefully that, that's the same for you and, and tournaments and things like that. Yeah, definitely. So... We are in full swing training for the, the Beijing 2022 games, which are actually very, very close in sporting terms. So the next Paralympics is in March next year. Um, so we are, you know, all systems go. I'm, I'm training every day. You know, I'm doing two sessions a day, six days a week. Uh, so it's pretty intense. Um, and as of next month, we'll probably start going on a lot of training camps abroad. Uh, so I'll be, I'll be out the country for a lot of this year. Um, but hopefully preparing for to be in the shape of my life come uh, next March at the Paralympics. And what sort of places are you going to train then? Where where has the snow through the course of the year? So we generally um, we, we we try and get out to places in uh, Scandinavia as soon as we can for snow. Um, but we're quite lucky. We go to a place in Germany which has essentially um, an indoor snow tunnel uh, which is two kilometres long. So you can go in and basically it's like a big indoor ski centre, but you can you can cross country ski. Um, so we go there for a lot of our, our kind of summer um, training when there's when there's not so much snow around. Yeah. Um, but a lot of the training we do in the summer uh, is 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 on the roads. It's on tarmac. Um, so we we either on roller skis or bikes. Um, I do a lot of running as well. Uh, so we go to you know, warmer, slightly warmer climates as well, just to, to get some quality training in. Uh, so that's, that's hopefully uh, on the, on the horizon for us as a, a nice warm weather training camp. Very good. Well, look, have a great rest of uh, year with your, with your training and uh, all the best when it comes around to the Paralympics. I know we'll be all glued to it when it's, when it's on the TV, uh, March next year, it's, uh, it'll be here before you know it. Yeah, it's flying in and uh, I look forward to hopefully, um, as things start to open up again, I look forward to, to getting in and, and visiting everyone at Erskine and seeing them face-to-face again after so long. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and they'll have their A-game on on whatever whatever uh, sport is available that day. <laughs> oh, they, they've always got their A-game on. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic stuff. Right, well, before you go, one final thing. Is there a song we can play for you, Scott? Actually, Rod Stewart, uh, Every Beat of My Heart. Uh, Rod the God. Uh, and that, that always... Every time I'm away and I feel a little bit homesick, that song reminds me of home. Brilliant stuff. Well, look, um, have a have a great trip on your uh, adventures wherever you may roam, and uh, all the best for the for the Paralympics. and And thanks for talking to us. Looks forward to seeing you at Erskine next time you're available. Thank you so much. <laughs>